0: What is going on? Welcome to another episode of the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media. I'm your host, Taylor Pate. You can find me on Twitter at TaylorLPate. Uh, and as always, make sure you subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Twitter at Apollo Launchpad. Uh, I'm joined today by Don Knock. You know and love him from Twitter. He's uh, at Don Knock. Don, how are you doing tonight?
1: Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, one one quick plug. Uh, we're going to be doing some Rockets town halls closer to uh the start of training camp we tried to run one yesterday and um green room and space did not want to cooperate with us for about the first hour but we got a, a decent group in there towards the end it started working well and um we got actually got Ali Khan to show up we got um uh, a few other people some some esteemed guests in there so be on the lookout for that kind of say closer to training camp time but other than that you know glad to be here thanks for having me and uh, excited to talk some some free agency here
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, I noticed Spaces yesterday was kind of wigging out and um, everybody seemed to be having problems with that and Megaphone and all kinds of other stuff. So uh, luckily, Zoom seems to be good right now for this meeting or for this recording. Um, hopefully megaphone's good after the fact and uh, hopefully Spaces is good for Summer League because I am super excited about that. That's uh, that's one of the things we're going to be talking about. Um, probably, let's see, we're, we're going to be talking about Summer League in our second segment second segment yeah there we go um so in our first segment we've got some kind of free agency news um some stuff from around the league and, and some stuff specific to the rockets so kind of the biggest news um the rockets made two signings daniel tice uh is signed to a four year 36 million dollar contract um it's actually going to wind up being a sign and trade with the bulls Uh, The Rockets are not really saying anything back to them, um, and they're going to absorb Tice into the uh, Oladipo uh, player exception, traded player exception. Um, Give me your thoughts there, uh, and then we'll get to the second signing, which is David Nwaba.
1: So first thoughts, right? Um, The Apollo team kind of ran a a little Tice pun promo earlier today, which I personally enjoyed. Um, A lot of it goes in there. Y'all can check that out on on the feed. Um, other, other than the puns, you know, I think he's a good option to pair with Christian Wood. And I think he also gives you, uh, something similar to what they kind of went for in the pairing of Shingun and Garuba, right? Garuba, obviously a a more defensive first guy with some offensive tools and upside, and you're getting a similar pairing with, um, Wood and Tice, right? Tice, you know, really like a high motor guy, high effort guy, decent rim protector, um, can shoot the three a little bit has some passing upside as well i i think he's a guy that it's not a super flashy name coming in but he's going to be here for for a few years probably at least and i think the the fans are going to come around on him as a, as a guy that will be you know it's in that vein of the the high motor guys who will come to know and love right so i'm pretty high on that signing um like i said not anything too splashy but also the team option on the last year um gives us a lot of flexibility on that contract, and I think the fit will be good. So,
0: Yeah, That's my um, I, I think Tice is really a guy that, um, you know, he's he's going to wind up being a fan favorite because he's one of those guys that, like you said, does the dirty work. He's got the motor. He's going to, like, go in and get ugly offensive rebounds and putbacks and stuff like that. Um, he's going to do a lot of stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, like, like um, sealing the lane on drives and stuff like that. Um, I think he's is such a great value. Uh, I think I was looking at some charts earlier that had him valued somewhere around like, uh, like a, uh, I think 13, 13 million was what they were projecting for his contract. Um, so the Rockets are getting a steal there uh, financially. Um, and then I think the other important thing to think about here is once you get to a point of um, maybe trying to get into a, a playoff contention um, conversation. Um, you know, if your guys are, are, you know, you've got Christian Wood and, and Garuba and uh, Shingoon, if those guys are kind of filling into their roles and, and being who we hope they are um, in a few years, Tice is on a really, really team friendly contract and that could be enticing um, to, you know, all kinds of teams that are competing for a championship. Maybe they're a couple of steps ahead of the Rockets development wise. Um, and so that's like a really good, good asset to have in the future. Um, so that's something I really think is, is a little bit underrated about this signing. Um, the other guy who is also kind of one of those fan favorite motor guys is David Waba uh, three year, $15 million contract also with a team option in the third year. Um, to me, this is a no brainer. He's a guy who is going to show Josh Christopher and Jalen green, how to get out and, and get steals and get in the passing lanes and get in transition Easy buckets and and hard nosed stuff. Um, what do you think about David Nwaba?
1: Yeah, you know, pretty similar thoughts to, to what you were saying there. You know, going to be a good vet. We saw last year. You know, he tried to play through, uh, like I think a broken broken bone in his wrist. Um, just really, really show, you know his character in that moment and his dedication and, and loyalty to the team and his teammates. And I think you know that may be one of the reasons why they brought him back, right? You know, that was a very selfless act and. Um, Kind of. In addition to that, you know, I really like his defensive tools. I really like um, what he did last year when he was on the court. I really like his slashing. I think that's kind of an underrated part of his game, and and that is something I would like to see out of Christopher and Green. Kind of like you mentioned uh, being a mentor to those guys. I think both of them have very high slashing potential with their athleticism and the way they play in transition. It kind of portends that they would be good players that can really operate as good slashers. If you have you know the passing bigs that we have now with ties and Shingoon and even garuba you know um i'll get into some some of garuba a little bit later but i think we saw a little preview last year with olenic on the roster of how silas likes to use bigs that way um as passers so i think i think nuova is another guy that's going to really benefit from being able to utilize his slashing skills in that way and you know contract wise like you said total no-brainer um the, the, I think it's five mil per year is, that's not that high, and we're not a team that's going to be really operating over the cap anyway. Um, we are in a rebuilding phase. Um, so, you know, I love that signing, and I think the fit is good, even though we do have a little bit of a roster crunch at guard. Um, Nawaba can play a little bit more of the, the wing role, and, you know, defense is something we did struggle with at times last year, kind of up and down. So having another guy that you can pair with uh, Garuba and Tate, Really have a good lockdown unit out there at times. You know, we, we may not be trying to win and compete right now, but I think it will be good to at least, you know, stay competitive in games, teach the guys good defensive principles. And I think Nawaba will go a long way in that.
0: Yeah. And I think the Rockets, you know, they're they're, you know, probably not going to be contending for, you know, the play in um, play in games just yet. But I think that within the next couple of years. Uh, th- there's a very good possibility, particularly you know, if they if if Christian Wood continues to develop the way that we think he will, and and kind of takes that next step as a as a scorer and as a player, um, you know, David Waba and and um, Daniel Tice are guys that that on those contracts especially, if the Rockets do take kind of that next step over the the next two years, um, hey, that's a good fantastic team option that we can now pick up you know for five million and nine million for you know that for for rotation players um and so that's i think having those guys on on those kinds of contracts is invaluable to uh to a team that you know is kind of looking to get their their feet back into the the playoff world um and i think originally uh, a lot of people thought because of the you know kind of the 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 value of Tice that, uh, he might get signed with the, um, the mid-level exception, but the Rockets were actually able to keep their mid-level exception. Um, and there's been a couple of, you know, small reports, nothing major. Um, justice Winslow was, was one of the guys that's reported and then kind of just the moniker of shooters. Um, who are you looking at with the, with the mid-level exception?
1: Yeah. So like, like you said, the reporting has been shooters. Um, so there's not too many guys that fit that description on the market still that I would be interested in. I think Redick is floating around out there, but I would like to kind of skew younger if possible. I think Reddick would personally like to be um, more in the Northeast where he's from uh, with his family. And he would probably want a bigger contract as well, probably He may take the MLE for a contender, but I don't think he would with us. But uh, one name that I've seen kind of thrown around is um, Bryn Forbes. You know, he shot very well last year. Obviously, we do have the big roster crunch at guard. So, you know, how valuable would he be, you know, given how many minutes we're going to be able to space um, among the people that are here? If we're able to move off, you know, Wall and Gordon or House at any point, then, you know, some of those minutes would open up for a guy like Forbes. But he's a guy that was on a contender last year and you, you think he would want to kind of get back in that same role, but outside of those two um, Markinen, you know, a name that may get thrown around there. He's someone that definitely has shooting upside. Um, some decent all around offensive upside with, with Markinen, but, you know, defensively some, a little bit of question marks. He's kind of in the, the Shingun profile in that way where more of an offensive center player, but that's a name. Also, Kelly Oubre is a name I've seen thrown around a lot. He, he shot well at times last year. I don't know if I would call him shooting, but I think gambling on wings is something that if you're not a team that has their roster completely re- locked down is always going to be something uh, that would be good for a team, just the way that the NBA kind of skews with the importance of big wing scores. You know, Oubre was on a Warriors team that tried to be competitive last year, so he got some kind of you know big game experience from that. But he's also a guy that's originally, I think he's originally from, born in Louisiana, but he grew up and went to Bush High School in Houston. So there is a little bit of connection there. Maybe they can, you know, kind of use that to get in in, in with Ubre. But the last guy would throw out there, maybe Josh Hart. You know, he's a guy that has some some interesting two way tools, um, some good defensive tools. We saw him, you know, just defending in. He was defending Harden the other year and uh, Harden was getting, you know, a little frustrated with that. But um, those are some of the names I see right now. To be honest, there's not a great standout name for me. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. Um, I think out of the names you mentioned, Markinen certainly gives me the best feel, um, for kind of where the Rockets are at developmentally. Um, he's a guy that's, you know, he's coming off, you know, his rookie contract and he did have some struggles, um, you know, over the last couple of years and Chicago has extended a qualifying offer. Um, but it doesn't look so far as if there's been a ton of interest, in, uh, in Markkinen. So he's somebody you might be able to get with that, you know, like nine to $10 million, um, uh, mid-level exception. And I think that, like I said, age wise and developmentally wise, he probably fits, um, you know, kind of where the rockets are at Winslow's a little bit in the same, uh, same vein. Um, and those are guys that I think you're looking at as reclamation projects where, you know, there's been some potential and and some flashes, but also some struggles. Um, So I, I definitely like both of those names. Um, I, I wouldn't hate Brent Forbes, but you know, like we said, we're kind of at a roster crunch right now already uh, at the guard position. So it it feels to me as if uh, any moves that that are made are going to be for, for guys that are really versatile um, and particularly in the like, Three to four range um, as far as position goes, um, so that that's kind of where I'm at on the whole thing. I I don't I just don't love any of the names. You know, it's not it's not something that it, nobody just sticks out to me as hey I got to go get this guy. Um, there are uh, a couple of rockets though who who signed with some other teams and are on the move. Uh, one of those guys is Kelly Alinek. To Detroit on a three-year $37 million contract. Uh Sterling Brown went to Dallas on a two-year $6.2 million contract. And I think we saw um we saw Ben mclemore also sign with the Portland Trailblazers. Um, so lots of love for for some of the Rockets that were on the team last year. PJ Tucker, of course, went to the Heat. I think that's really good for him. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of happy to see these guys go and and flourish especially Sterling Brown I think he's going to be really good for the Mavericks um, overall just think he's a really solid player shot 42 percent from three and Dallas has surrounded uh, Luca with a bunch of shooters so maybe they can turn around some of their woes uh, any thoughts on on the guys that that moved on from the Rockets this uh, offseason yeah,
1: a couple of thoughts there. So I think it's interesting that the two guys that finished the season with us both went to teams that are are now you know kind of kind of our opposition, if you will, not necessarily competitive wise, but you know there's obviously the the i forty five rivalry between Houston and Dallas for for Sterling Brown there, and then Olenek, you know, loved Kelly Olenek's time here. Shout out to him. You know, really made the, the last part of last season watchable when uh, some of those games are kind of. Kind of rough, but you know Detroit is another team that because of the Jalen Green Cave dynamic. Now I could see our fan base is getting in a, a little bit of a of a friendly rivalry going forward. So that'll be interesting when we do play the Rockets and and Kate as well. Kind of see how that goes. But uh, I would say PJ Tucker is the one name that did stick out there. As you know, you expected him to go back to the Bucks after they won a championship, and you know he's on the stage, got the champagne flowing, you know, having a great time. Uh, you know, great rapport with the, the fans there in Milwaukee. Um, so to see him change at the last minute to go to Miami, I think it was a little bit surprising. But I, I do like the fit in Miami as well. You know, they, they're a team kind of like what the Rockets did, bringing in uh, Tice, nawaba and, and Garuba, where they have a lot of really tough defenders. I think that they do match up defensively with a team like the Nets now. Because and even a team like the bucks you know, they have some defenders to throw at, at some of the Bucks guys as well. So I think PJ Tucker will do well there, just like he did in, in Milwaukee. I think his game just so translatable with the role that he plays that he he's gonna do well there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. And uh to me it, you know, and, and some of the stuff that I saw on Twitter did seem like ownership for the bucks may have uh had a role to play in in PJ Tucker signing with the Heat. Um Sounds like they maybe were not so keen on paying him the the two-year, $15 million contract he got from Miami. So that's certainly an interesting decision from uh, a team coming off of a championship. Um, that is going to do it for the first segment. Uh, in the next segment, we are going to be talking about Summer League, which I think everyone is really excited for. Lots of, uh, lots of youth, lots of young guys coming into um, – into the, the talent pool for the Rockets and we're going to get to check them out. So stick around. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. ApolloHou, all Houston, all original. All right, we are back here at the Launchpad podca- Podcast. Please make sure to leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Uh, definitely love hearing from you guys and uh, and hearing you know what you think about the show. And um, if you've got any critiques, then shoot them our way. Make sure you also official, uh, follow the official Apollo Twitter account at Apollo HOU. So again, I am joined by Don Knock from Twitter. You know him as Don Nock on Twitter. Uh, and we are going to be getting into some Summer League action uh, the Rockets have four rookies, uh, as well as a couple of uh, a couple of two way signings and and summer or sorry uh, camp signings. Jalen Tate, Matthew Hurt uh, are joining the roster for summer league, as well as Jalen Green, Uzman Garuba, um, Alperin Sangun, Sing- and um, Joshua Christopher. So, kind of a lot to talk about there. Let's let's kind of start with Jalen Green. What are you looking for individually from Jalen Green in summer league?
1: Oh, I, I brought this up on Twitter earlier, but I'll just reiterate it here. I, I want to see him dunk on Evan Mobley in the first game. That's what <laughs> I want personally. Um, you know, we had the whole Mobley turned out to be one of the guys that didn't want to be here. So I think it, it would do the fan base a lot of good to, uh, to, to see Jalen Green, you know, get Evan Mobley on a switch. Maybe if he doesn't get the dunk on him, at least, you know, give him a nice crossover, give him a nice, uh, you know, between the legs or something and, and, and get, get us a nice highlight to, you know um, what do I want to say to, to kind of avenge Evan Mobley's distrust of the Rockets organization. <laughs> but other than that, you know, I want to see him get close to 20 points per game. He averaged uh, about 18 in the G league last year. I think in summer league, you're going to have a little bit, a little bit less of a target on him as there was in the G League bubble, right, where a lot of those guys were trying to make a name for themselves against Jalen Green. I think they're going to have other players there that can kind of take some of that defensive attention off of him. So I would like him to see to see him get close to 20 points per game and also to spend time uh, practicing pick-and-roll reads. I think that was one element where he really can improve, um, just getting a lot more reps in pick-and-roll and getting more experience with – uh, some of the bigs that are going to be there, you know, Garuba and Shingun getting a good chemistry with them going for when they, they play together with the big team. So that is, that's what I want to see out of him and and a little bit of what my expectations are. I think he's going to do very well going in for sure.
0: Yeah. You mentioned the, the playmaking uh, and the reads on, on pick and roll. Um, I think that's very much an emphasis for Jalen. And I think he knows that that's where he wants to improve at. Um, So I definitely think that's going to see, or that's what we're going to see from him is, is trying to make sure that he's getting those other guys involved. And, um, and I think scoring will definitely come easier to him in the summer league. Like you said, in the G league, he's like the guy on the team, you know, he's, he's the guy on the ignite that the other team is trying to stop the top scorer. Um, So, so I definitely think that uh, scoring wise, he should be fine. I'm not really worried about that. I would like to see, um, you know, obviously good three point shooting and, um, you know, some consistency and all that, but I really would like to see, uh, his playmaking and I really want to see defense from him. Um, I'd, I'd really, you know, uh, I'd like to see him getting in passing lanes and, and kind of, uh, making sure he's like getting in position, sliding his feet, right. Like those are really important things for a rookie guard. And I think it's something that he definitely needs to make sure he's, uh, putting a focus on, um, what about Josh Christopher? You know, he's also another guard young. Um, he's kind of a little more uh, strength based. He, he's not so much finesse. He's one of those guys that'll just kind of drive to the rim and, you know, kind of get after you like a David Nwaba or Jalen or a, sorry, a Eric Gordon. Um, what are you looking for from Josh and, and what do you hope to see?
1: So Raphael Stone brought up, um, I think it was one of the interviews he did about Christopher that he sees him really as a, a great one-on-one defender. And I definitely see the tools there, right? He's very strong. does have a good mobility laterally, a good explosiveness for sure. We, we've seen some highlights of, of him with some crazy dunks and, and things like that. So I'd like to see him, you know, take on the challenge of guarding someone like Cade or guarding, you know, one of these other, uh, you know, high-profile offensive rookies from the other teams that we're going to play. I, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see him get into some of his ball pressure that he did while he was at Arizona State, I think that's really a strength of his defensively. He, he's good at um, also ball denial. Just he, he can play a very aggressive style defensively and, and really make it hard on guys, especially guys that don't have a great handle. And Cade is one of those guys, right? That was one of the knocks on Cade coming in is he, he dribbles high and he can be a little bit loose with the ball. So I like to see Christopher get some time on some of those elite guys defensively. Um, you know, play the passing lanes as well. And then that will allow him to get out in transition where he really excels. I think that's one of the strongest parts of his game. He's a really good passer in transition. And I'd like to see, you know, him get some of those type of opportunities as well. Um, Some light on ball work. I would like like to have him transition a little bit more to, you know, a spot up type of guy, off ball slashing and and cutting type of guy. But he definitely has a very good handle and he he has some playmaking ability that he just needs to refine Kind of like we talked about with Jalen Green, right? You know, get some more reps and pick and roll. He's not going to get as many as the main ball handlers will, but the the summer league is a good time for him to get some of those reps, right? Nail in those reads, like lock in. He and Jalen Green specifically, he's very good at throwing the the pocket pass to a roller. I like to see, you know, Christopher try to get into that a little bit when he's in, in pick and roll as the ball handler and um just his shooting as well i know he did a lot of work on trying to refine his jumper you can if you watch some clips of him from the asu time and some clips from when he was at the combine you can see he's worked on a lot of keys he's trying to shoot more from the center of his body he's trying to make sure his elbow doesn't flare out as much he's trying to get you know a real smooth repeatable release so watching his jump shot is another thing that i'm looking forward to from him in in the summer league
0: yeah and uh i definitely think that kind of getting Josh Christopher to believe that he is going to be like the, the, the elite one-on-one defender is going to be huge for his confidence and for, you know, how he approaches, um, you know, kind of his, his defensive, um, his defensive philosophy. I think, I think he is a guy that has the tools to be an elite point of attack defender, um, you know, and, and hopefully that's kind of what we, what we see come to fruition. Um, you mentioned uh, the playmaking and kind of hand in hand with that is going to be the, uh, the Rockets two new big men, um, you know, Alperin Sengun is obviously a guy who um, is really good in the post with the ball in his hand. Uh, but, but he's also got some kind of, you know, perimeter game to an extent he, he's got a pretty good handle for a big man can get out and transition a little bit um where do you see where do you see these pieces kind of fitting together as far as summer league because we've got you know three guys who are really good in isolation and then we've got you know garuba where do you see um the, kind of the trio of Jalen green josh christopher and alpern shangun scoring wise and kind of shot distribution wise
1: so i think Green is going to get most of the touches, right? I think that's kind of where we're going to start out. I think Shingun will probably get the second most. Um, Like you said, you know, he's a great post scorer. So I think they're going to run some stuff out of the mid post for him to to get into his passing game as well, because he is a good, a good passer and playmaker. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them running some stuff out of the post like they ran for Olenek last year. Right. Um, But I think Green will be the focal point of the offense and they're really going to let him operate. Um, kind of on ball and off ball to, to certain degrees, but I think he's definitely going to get a fair amount of attempts on ball as well. And um, Christopher, I think he's going to be a, a secondary guy. I think he is going to be someone that, you know, whether green's out of the game or, or they're using green more as an off ball guy at that particular moment in the, in the game. I think most of his reps are going to be getting the ball in a, in a closeout situation or getting the ball in, in a ball rotation situation. Um, or maybe coming off a screen as well, trying to get him downhill that way, and something like a, like a twenty-one action, right, where he's coming out of the corner. Um, that's kind of how I see them kind of shaking out tier-wise. But I, I do expect to see a, a decent amount of Shingun getting into some of his playmaking from the mid-post.
0: Yeah, I think I think it would be um, I think it would be criminal to not you know kind of let Alpern Shingun shine. And do his thing a little bit. Um, I know obviously Jalen Green and Josh Christopher have a really great relationship and they have on-court chemistry. Uh, there's mixtapes all over the place and hopefully we'll get another one of those from from the summer league. Uh, but I think Opran Shingoon is like, he's a dude who can not only score for himself, but he can create for guys like Josh Christopher and, and Jalen Green off-ball. Um, and I, I do think that Jalen Green's off-ball development is going to be uh, really imperative for his game uh, because you're going to have, you know, a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. setting him up. If Shingun develops the way that we hope that he will, then he's going to be setting him up. You know, catch and shoot is is going to need to be an elite part of Jalen Green's game and Josh Christopher's as well, um, particularly in, in summer league. You know, I mean, they're going to have, they're going to have the opportunity here to shine and kind of show what they can do. Um, as far as Usman Garuba, I think he is he's a guy that's very plug and play defensively, but I think we're still discovering what he can do offensively. He is a kind of a good passer, sneaky good, I would say Um, his shot and his shot selection are, you know, needing some work. Um, What do you what do you think about? Usman Garuba and how does he fit uh, both with summer league and you know the regular season Rockets?
1: Right. So you kind of touched on his passing earlier. I put out a video like right before we started this about some of his uh, short role playmaking, and I think that is a really strong aspect to his game. Right. And if you have Shingoon, Shingoon may be able to play more as like a spacing role, right, and then you're using Garuba as more of the the pick and roll big, right. So that way that he has some level of space and gravity. You know, he's not a complete non-shooter like, like you'd see, like a Ben Simmons. He will take the shot, and he's made it, I think, about 30 33% of the time, which that's, that's enough to, to, you know, give him a little bit of credence on, on, in that area of the court. But I think if you can plug him in immediately as the pick-and-roll guy, that allows you to get him on the court a lot sooner. And let's say you have just for some of for example, right. The second game, I think it's the second game. We'll be playing uh, the Pistons. So he's a guy who I want to see on K very early. And, you know, he did so well in the Olympics, you know, against a lot of the team USA guys. I think he will have a very, very um, impactful defensive presence from a very early on. And he's also a guy that, you know, is really good in transition. He does have good finishing ability around the rim. Sometimes, sometimes he can get a little sloppy when trying to finish through contact. but He's a young player, so I'm sure that will come around. But, you know, that's where I really see his role kind of opening up for him early on is, is being able to play as a pick-and-roll big. And we're going to see Tice be able to play that way as well. And, you know, Christian Wood, obviously, uh, an amazing finisher on the role. But that's definitely why I like him, um, like, as a passer, as a, as a guy taken to the basket. And he does have a level of, of drive game as well. So if he does get the ball on, on the short roll, and the defense splits. You know he can't take it all the way into the to the goal for uh, to create his own shot at the rim. So I think there's a lot of tools there. It just depends on how uh, Silas wants to deploy some of the the front court matchups together, right? Wood and Garuba is going to give you a certain look. Wood Shingoon can give you a similar look. I think we probably we may see some Tyson Shingoon together, but I think that's the the questionable pairing as of right now because Tice does have a, some three point gravity, but I think. I think Wood and uh, Shingun just have a lot more of the spacing element of the game right now. So I would expect Garuba to be paired up with those two guys kind of early on.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I actually completely agree with that. Um, I think, you know, you mentioned um, Usman Garuba in the short roll. I think that's going to be a a major key for his early development. And, and it, it, like you said, it's how you can keep him on the floor. Um, you see guys like Draymond Green who can hit that short roll, you know, catch that pass and, and either make that secondary pass or get to the rim. Um, and, you know, Draymond has kind of regressed a little bit uh, scoring-wise over the last, you know, season and a half or so. Um, but he, he, you know, he's a, a really great model for Garuba to, to watch. You know, he's a guy who will get an open three. And, and I assume Garuba is going to, you know, do the same thing until he proves it. Um, and, and then on that short roll, hitting those guys in the corner and, and being that secondary playmaker, if he can do that, it's going to give him so many. It's going to open up so much for Steven Silas. It's going to open up uh, a lot more for his game as well. And and it's gonna you know it's gonna help the the shooters in the corners. I mean, it's that's a really big development for Garuba. And if if that's you know a part of his game that really develops to be elite, um, you're gonna see a lot of a lot of Usman Garuba on the court. Um, I want to get to some of the the maybe lesser known or maybe even unknown guys. Um, so. First of all, uh, Anthony Lamb and Armani Brooks both received qualifying offers from the Rockets. Um, I'm a little, I'm not confused about Anthony Lamb, but I was a little surprised that Anthony Lamb got a qualifying offer. Um, But both of those guys will also be on the summer league roster, uh, as well as Kyrie Thomas, um, Jalen Tate, brother of Jay Sean, and Matthew Hurt uh, who signed a two-way deal with the Rockets. He actually led the ACC in scoring, uh, scored 18 and and six rebounds on 55, uh, 55% field goals and 44% three-point shooting. So that's, uh, you know, he kind of fits that, um, maybe Duncan Robinson mold, um, of a guy who, who's six, nine can shoot and maybe, maybe doesn't give a whole lot else. Um, what do you think about some of these these younger guys, and who are you kind of uh, looking at to stand out? Yeah,
1: so a, a quick rundown on some of these guys. Uh, Lamb, I, I did watch a lot of Lamb last year when when Kevin Porter was in the bubble. Um, he did some good things down there. I think when he got up to the big team, he was kind of overwhelmed athletically and really didn't play to the level that he showed he could in the in the G League. So. I don't mind them giving him, you know, one more shot. It, I don't know if this is going to be, I don't know what the uh, contract will end up looking like. Cause like you said, they just extended the, the qualifying offer to him. Um, but I think there is something there. Um, you know, they want to maybe take another look at it. That, that's fine with me. Um, Armani Brooks, right. You know, Houston U of H guy excited for him to come back shot really well last year. I think he had, he had uh, some record, like most threes made through 17 games passing Damian Willard, right. An all time, great level of shooter. So I'm excited for him to be back. He's really the only, you know, other than Hurt, which I'll, I'll get into in a second, you know, Brooks is really the only shooting guy on the team that's really known for that. And that may be another reason why they're looking to add more shooting in for agency, be, Agency because we just don't have a lot of it on this roster, to be honest. Um, Kyrie Thomas, you know, his deal is non-guaranteed after this next year. So I think he does need to have a good showing in summer league as well as you know if they send him down to the g league or, or whatever nba minutes he's going to get you know he did last year he did well last year doing some interesting inter- sorry interesting things with the ball in his hands. and as a defender you know, he's not the the biggest guy in the world. he's not garuba you know defensively with with his tools there but i think he showed some some promise on that end, which is why they gave him that offer in the first place right to, to sign to that deal um matthew hurt right i'll, I'll get into him, him next so the the comp I saw for him was Kyle Singler. I think you had thrown out Duncan Robinson. His shot is, is interesting to me. You know, he, he kind of pulls the ball over his head, but yet his release is still really quick. It, it's an interesting thing. If y'all haven't seen it yet, I would recommend go take a look at how his shot looks, but doesn't even dip the ball. He has a very quick release, very fast release. Um, he shot very well, I think 42% on, on catch and shoots. But he does have... Is the pick-and-pop threat. He has, is more of a movement shooter, right? He, he's not just a guy that will stand in the corner. He can run him off screens and, and do some interesting things that way. His free throw percentage was a little bit questionable for me. Um, 75% doesn't really line up with, you know, what he shot on. Obviously, these more difficult three-point attempts, but it's not a terrible percentage. I, I think I would like to see if he could get that free throw percentage up kind of over the, the span of Summer League. But Matthew Hurt also does have an interesting inside game, you know, from from some of the clips I've watched, I wouldn't say he's shang in the post, but he has some interesting tools down there. He has a good turnaround. He has a good baseline spin. Um, I didn't see a lot of post playmaking, which may be one of the reasons why he, he did drop compared to a guy like like goon right? But I think the things he definitely needs to work on are defensively. Offensively, you know, put up numbers in ACC is a very um, – diverse scoring skill set and he has good height and length is not all the way there. Um I don't think his wingspan is, is that big of a plus, but he needs to add strength for sure for the NBA level. And he needs to to figure out if he's going to be, you know, a, a drop big. And not having a lot of length does hurt there a little bit. He doesn't have great lateral mobility. So that that is another reason why he dropped. But I think for summer league, I think he'll be an exciting guy that's going to come in and, and put up some some points pretty quickly when he gets in there. Um, and the last guy, Jalen Tate right? you know, Jalen Tate, not a huge scoring guy, kind of more of a, of a multifaceted point forward player. He, he averaged 10 points per game, 70 percent from free throw, 30 percent from three um, for his career in college. But three assists, you know, as a, as a secondary forward playmaker is it, pretty good. And he did have a lot of a lot of really good assists that I saw kind of on the tape um he has a pretty good handle for his size as well you know he's able to do some some step backs and some between the legs pullback type of type of moves which for a guy that you're getting as a udfa you know there's a lot of things that are interesting there his athleticism isn't great um but it's not bad either right you know hurt we talked about he's going to struggle defensively with with his athleticism at the next level i don't think Jalen tate will i think his athleticism is enough where he's not the Jalen green level of, of nuclear athlete but i think he's He's good enough athletically that he'll perform well in in summer league. And um, he has a good floater game. That's one thing that really stood out on tape as well. And and some good finishing around the rim. You know, I I saw him do a nice Euro in transition uh, to to shake a defender in in one of the clips. So I'm looking forward to him actually, you know, people are going to say, oh, this is a – uh what do you want to call a family-based signing, right? Because Jay, uh Jay Sean Tate's his brother, but I do think there are some interesting things with Jalen Tate. And I'm excited to watch him play, uh, watch him, you know, do do some of the things that were beneficial to him at Arkansas with some better teammates in the summer league context. So that's my thoughts on a lot of summer league guys. And I, I think it's gonna be exciting. I think there's gonna be a lot to to be excited for among this group that's gonna start Sunday.
0: Yeah, I think with Hurt. Uh, and with Tate so I think um, specifically on Jalen Tate I think you've got a guy who's very well rounded and has kind of um, a lot of a lot of things that he's pretty good at right he's not he's not spectacular at anything and they're kind of just you know throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks Um, with hurt I feel like the you know the (laughs) kind of what they're doing is all right we know you can shoot we need to see if you can do other stuff too. Um, Cause yeah. there's, there's a lot of guys in the league who can shoot, look at Ben McLemore. Um, and it does not guarantee you, you know, any kind of NBA future. Uh, you got to be able to put it all together, at least come with, you know, two, two skills that you bring to the table. Right. Um, and so I think that, you know, the Rockets are casting a wide net here. They're trying to throw some stuff at the wall and see, you know, Okay, this guy looks good here. This guy looks good at this spot. And, you know, we think that we can translate this into the regular season and and make this um, make this work out long term. Um, I think Armani Brooks, you know, I think he's a guy that the Rockets desperately need right now. Um, You know, they are very lacking on shooters at the moment. Uh, Anthony Lamb, like you said, he he did play well in the uh, in the G League and struggled a little bit when he came up. I think, you know, with, I think with a little bit more time, we could see Anthony Lamb kind of get his feel and, and um, slow things down a little bit for him and, and be a better player. Uh, and then Kyrie Thomas, you know, I think he's, he's got a lot of tools that you'd like to see from, um, from you know, a young guy. Uh, he, he's, he's got some length. He's pretty good defensively um you know the shot is is kind of there um he he's got some intangibles that you think you could build off of and like you said he is he is um he's on a deal that is not guaranteed so this is a big deal for him and i think uh i think we will see him you know try to try to stick in the nba for sure um that is going to do it for this segment In the next segment, we are going to be discussing um, kind of looking forward at at the upcoming season roster construction, um, you know, kind of talking about what we might see from, you know, this mixture of veterans and and rookies and kind of where the Rockets are going to be at. So stay tuned. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU. All Houston. All original. All right. It is our final segment of the Launchpad podcast. Again, please make sure that you uh, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing and uh, reach out to us on Twitter at Apollo Launchpad. This segment, we're going to be talking about the roster construction for the Rockets this upcoming season. Um, there's, you know, obviously the Rockets are kind of in a weird spot. Last year, you you moved James Harden. You've got veteran guys like Eric Gordon and John Wall still sticking around. Uh, DJ Augustine's another guy. Um, and the Rockets obviously are in a little bit of a different position now. They're not exactly, um, you know, maybe trying to have guys like, like John wall and Eric Gordon, uh, taking up minutes from their younger guys. Um, granted there are benefits to having, um, you know, veteran presences and, and, you know, to teach these young guys and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time you want these guys to be able to get minutes and that might be a little bit of an issue. We've talked, um, kind of about the, um, the, the roster crunch at the guard position already. Um, Don, what do you think the starting lineup for this upcoming season will be? And and, and kind of elaborate on um, why you think that is and, and how you think they fit. So
1: I think, first of all, if you look at the point guard position, right? John Wall has got to start. I think you can't... Some people have brought up, you know, oh, send him home like the Thunder did, Al Horford. I don't think you can do that. We're, we're in a position as an organization where we're trying to build goodwill with veterans and, and put ourselves into a position where, you know, we can bring in free agents that, that will play for us in in a few years. And, you know, the thunder, they may not have to worry about that as much because they're going to get all their guys through trades. But I think kind of in that vein, right? Like wall has to start and people can say, you know, trade him, trade him. I, I don't think that trade is coming. I don't think it's going to be here. For the deadline, and to be honest, I I think he's going to be here all year. So I'm buckling in for for John Wall starting at the point guard position the entire season. And and I would advise others to kind of get on board that same mentality. And, you know, the guy that people are worried about the minutes crunch at that position, right, KPJ. I have KPJ starting at the two. I mean, he played the three when he was in Cleveland. So it's not like he's totally uncomfortable with that role. And you will be able to kind of stagger Wall and KPJ at times where KBJ will be able to get some on-ball stuff going. Um, so, you know, Augustine is going to need the ball a little bit as well, but, but I think he is someone that can can work a little bit more as, a, as an off-ball guy. You know, Augustine's a great shooter and everything like that. But for small forward, I'm going to say Jalen Green starts right away, right? You took this guy with the second overall pick. They've been very open. We're giving this guy the keys to, to the franchise. He is a player that, you know, like we talked about earlier, we want to see him focus on his off-ball development. That was such an issue people have with James Harden, right? Where if he only was more engaged off-ball, you know, it, he didn't give up the ball and then just not make himself one available for the pass, and two, you know, actually like doing something to, to force the defense to pay attention to him or, or rotate or things like that. I think getting Jalen Green some experience at the three is going to be very good for his long-term development. And, and I think Steven Silas, you know, having coached LeBron, having coached Steph Curry, having coached Luca, right? He's going to know some of the importance of of off-ball ability, and I think he's going to try to instill that in Jalen Green early on. Um, At the four, I'm going to say Christian Wood, you know, another guy. He chose us in free agency, so I don't think anyone's going to have Christian Wood as someone that's not going to start on his team, so I, I won't get too deep into, you know, advocating for him to start, but... He is who I have at the four. And I think Tice, right. Another guy um, chose to be here. He's a vet. He's a leader. I think until you're going to either have Garuba or Shingun really make a jump, I think Tice is going to have that starting role kind of locked in, in, in the near term. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right. We, we may see some of these guys kind of get sent down to the G league. I think Ali Khan on the, the spaces yesterday popped in for a little while and, he he was trying not to get aggregated so I won't put him on blast too much here but he he said he would expect that you know Garuba and Christopher are guys that are going to spend some time in the G League at at some point in the year so that's how I see the starting lineup um I think that is a good origin point and you know based on how some of these other guys play right if if Kenya Martin takes a leap right maybe they want to want to put him back into the, or into the starting lineup and you have KMJ Wood as the forward rotation or or something like that, where it, you know, maybe some of these guys, you know, in various injuries and things can happen. We may see some different starting lines at at different points of the year. That's where I'm comfortable at as uh, as an origin point. And I think that's what we're likely going to see as well.
0: Yeah. And people are not going to like this, but, but John Wall is starting. Um, Christian Wood is obviously starting, and and Daniel Tice is starting. Like those three guys are for sure starting, um, unless some crazy development happens uh, in summer league, and one of these guys just absolutely blows everybody away. Daniel Tice is going to be starting, um, and and what that means is Jalen Green is probably playing the three, like you said. Kevin Porter Jr. will be playing the two, which is fine, um, but that that likely sends Jay Sean Tate to a bench role, uh, which I don't think, you know, I don't think Jay Sean has a problem with. Um, and I don't think will be be an issue because, you know, Jay Sean can kind of be a primary playmaker or somebody who can play off of somebody like Shingun, um, you know, as, as far as being that that secondary guy to make, um, you know, make that extra pass or something like that. Um, but I, I do think that people are going to be really surprised when the starting lineup includes Daniel Tice and John wall. Um, And obviously, you know, the Rockets took Jalen green second overall, they're not bringing him off the bench. It doesn't make sense. And and they shouldn't do something like that. Um, So I completely agree with you there. Um, And, and unless barring some miracle trade, Eric Gordon will be getting, uh minutes here and and John Wall is certainly getting minutes these are guys that are they're veterans they're not they're not just going to you know go home and, and wait to be traded uh, and I don't think that's right for the organization you know and and the the work that they've done repairing their image from from Daryl Morey treating players you know like objects and and you know the reputation that they previously had um so I, I think that Rockets fans are going to have to buckle in for a little bit of the tank commander. Um, but I don't think that I, I, I am almost certain that John wall understands where the rockets are as an organization. And he's going to be that mentor. He's going to be that guy telling Jalen green where to go and and showing him the ropes and, and giving KPJ, you know, the, the lead in a lot of this. And at the same time, you know, John's probably going to be trying to make teams um, think that he's an attractive player for their roster because he's going to want to go compete. And that makes sense. I'm perfectly okay with all of that. Um, but Rockets fans as a whole are going to have some adjusting to do with their expectations for, um, for the upcoming season. Um, you talked about G league a little bit. Who do you think is kind of the guy that needs or the guy or guys that need the G league the most and um, you know, kind of, how long do you see those stints being, um, you know, going forward?
1: So I think the guy who's the obvious G League candidate is Christopher, um, especially until, you know, we either move on from EG and and Daniel House or um, you know, injuries open up more playing time or things like that. But to be honest, even if, even if that was the case, I, I would still want Christopher to get a decent amount of G League experience just because – he needs reps in a more construct um, a more you know well defined organized offense part of his issue last year at ASU was you know their offense was really you know iso ball oriented and their point guard Remy Martin was a, a very high volume guy so a, a lot of times those other guys would get the ball in you know whether it's just the, the construction of their offense or or they haven't had a touch in a while they would really try to make something happen and I think that did lead to some of his inefficiency and also it led to some of his um, lack of ability to create advantage situations even though he has great tools and great craft um so i think he would do very well to to refine his game in the g league i, I think probably i'm not going to say he maxes out the g league time but i would say you know maybe 20 games in the g league something along those lines where they they bring him back um I yeah, think I think Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Go ahead. Oh, I, I was gonna say, I think that, I think that Christopher has a, a really good shot at being, um, a an explosive sixth man, kind of the way that we've seen Eric Gordon be. Um, you know, Eric Gordon will come into a game and and just like relentlessly get to the rim, and he's a he's just a strong body. And he's a good finisher. And I think Christopher brings a lot of that and, you know, his, uh, his shot improved towards the end of the season. Um, I think he's going to be a fine shooter. He has, you know, you know, perfect form, no worries there. Like I'm not, there's nothing that I'm worried about as far as Josh Christopher's ability to, you know, put the, put the ball in the basket. Um, I want to see him like get that, that confidence and that, that, um, that bravado to say like, okay, I can go to the, to the NBA and do the same thing. You know, I want I want him to go to the G league and just like dominate. Like we've seen some of the guys for, for Rio Grande do, and then come back up to, to the, the regular team and, and just like bring that, that, that um, you know, that bravado and that like confidence that he, he can go up there and do this. Um, I think that'll be really big for his game and you know kind of what i was mentioning earlier being that like elite defensive guy if he can get to the g league and start kind of like clamping guys down um that's going to do a lot for his game and and that's that's certainly something that i see um you know being a big development for for christopher and i completely agree that he needs the most time in the g league
1: i think armani brooks is another guy that, that could probably spend some time down there obviously you know we need shooting but um, I just don't know what the minutes availability for for him is going to be with so many guys in front of him right now. So he he played in the G League some last year, and you know he did well when he was with the Rockets. But I could see him going going back down there as well. And Garuba is a guy, depending on how you know. I think Shingun will be given a little bit more of a leash just because he was a higher pick. You know, a lot of times pedigree and and draft position. Does have some say in, in minutes distribution. So I could see Shingun kind of getting first chance at some of those some of those minutes that he might overlap with Garuba on. So Garuba is another guy that I could see spending some time in the G League, even though you know, as we've seen in the Olympics, his defense is already, you know, borderline all defensive level. So rounding out his offensive game, I think, would, would do him some good in the G League and kind of getting more familiar with the Rockets offense and, and how it operates and things of that nature.
0: Yeah. And, and with Shingoon, like, like Raphael stone said that they, they tried to trade all the way up to six, you know, like, like they thought he was going that early and a lot of um, like, like uh, um, what's it called analytics Twitter, I guess you would say had him yep. as like, like a top two prospect in the draft. Right. And, and obviously the truth is probably somewhere in between, you know, where he landed and and, and where some people had him, you know, prospected, but, you know, Rafael Stone is obviously very high on Alpern Shangun and, and thinks, you know, that, that he's going to be a, a staple for this team. You know, he traded two first rounders to get him. And so I, I certainly think that he is going to be given some leeway to run the offense through and like, like be maybe one of those guys off of off of the bench who who is like a staple in in the offense. Um, so I, I certainly think that you're you're correct there, and I think that uh, for Shingun, kind of the key, uh, we know that he only shot you know 19 or 20 percent from three, uh, but he's he's shot 80 percent from the free throw line, and his form is really good. Um, he was a very low-volume three-point shooter, and from all the film that I've watched, a very large majority of his three-point shots came off the dribble. Um, I think as a catch-and-shoot guy, with him getting, you know, kind of having other playmakers around him, I think that he can certainly improve the, on that three-point shot. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to to his development there. Um, so
1: yeah, you can, can, go can ahead. I touch on that real quick? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you kind of touched on a little bit, right? His volume was not high. He shot like one attempt per game. He's um, off the dribble a lot of the times. I think him being more willing to take that shot and, and getting more in-game reps is going to allow his percentage just to kind of come up naturally. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, easily shooting the same rate as, as Garuba does, right? If, if, if we finish next year, and Shingun's 3-4 percentage is lower than Garuba's. I, that would stun me personally. So I think that is the, the, about the level that he'll be able to get to with more volume and more reps. And, and uh, just kind of one roster construction point generally, right, you know, I was extremely high on the Garuba pick. Um, I think just his defensive tools are going to translate so quickly. But, but taking a guy like Shingun, right, it, it was he was very highly regarded, like you said, among the analytics community. But there is some risk there too, right? Mostly defensively. I think his offense will translate pretty pretty quick just with how skilled he is, you know, how, how diverse his scoring set is. But there is some risk of him, you know, how is he going to play on defense in terms of guarding the pick and roll, in terms of can they switch with him and, and things of that nature, you know? Are they going to have him in a, in a short drop, in a, in a deep drop, and how are they going to work that out? But I do. I will say that one good thing about taking the gamble on Shingun in this draft is that next year's draft is loaded with power forwards and centers at the top of the draft. So, you know, we got a year to evaluate him, and if, if they think he's the guy, then lock him in. You know, we have potentially, you know, seven years on the rookie, rookie deal in the, the first extension. Um, but if they, you know, there are some concerns there, I think they did set up the roster in a way that makes it very – um, viable to to get another high pick next year and take a guy like a Banchero or a guy like a Chet Holmgren. So, um, and there there's some other guys in there too, but um, we can kind of get into that. You know, we have a, a year left to to do draft talk. So, I, I just I really do like the way they they went with constructing this roster, bringing in Tice, You know, allows these other guys to to focus on development more than being you know relied upon for heavy minutes late in games and stuff like that. So. I'm impressed with Stone overall this offseason for sure. I think he did did a really good job. And hopefully, you know, Steven Silas and the coaching staff will will do a good job on there and coaching these guys up and allowing them to play to their strengths. So
0: yeah, and something I, I think I really like is that, you know, with Shingoon and Garuba, you've kind of got polar opposites, right? Like like yeah. you've got a, a guy who's who plays in the post and is a playmaker and um you know could potentially be a shooter and and um it's you know not not a great defender but has some tools and then you've got garuba who's like the total opposite and like is a, a project offensively but is like a defensive nightmare and i think what that allows steven silas to do is tinker uh and then you've got like you've got tice as this just like anchor right like you know you can get dependable minutes from tice you know you can like kind of experiment around those minutes. And, and, you know, anytime that Tice is in the game, you've got like, you know, this, this versatile offensive um, like aficionado with, uh, with Shingun and then you can also bring in Garuba to kind of guard bigger dudes. And, and like, I think it really gives Steven Silas a lot of versatility uh, and a lot of options to kind of construct how he sees fit. And we, we know that Steven Silas likes to play too big. So there's no doubt that there's going to be two bigs on the floor uh, pretty often. Uh, and kind of the last thing that I wanted to touch on. Um, I know that we talked about some guys from the Rockets that, uh, that we were excited to see in the summer league and all that kind of stuff. But I know you've got some guys that, uh, that are not necessarily Rockets players that you want to touch on as well. Who are you, who are you looking forward to seeing in the summer league?
1: Yeah. So some guys that, are going to some teams that have historically been Rockets rivals, right? Uh, Jonathan Kuminga, first one, um, very wide range of outcomes for him, just kind of projecting going forward. You know, he's got great physical tools. He's got a a good shot. He's got a really good mid post game and and some other tools in his game. Um, Defensively, you know, you could see him being a very good player that way, but I think how he fits in with Golden State, you know, they're, they're in a complete all in situation right now. And, and, how he comes along over the season will be definitely something to watch for me. Um, Josh Giddy, too, a, another guy that was like, well, I guess kind of opposite of Kaminga, right? Kaminga was the obvious pick at that point, not really reach at all. And Giddy was the complete opposite of that, where you know, a lot of people were like, What are the Thunder doing with this pick? And I, I was not high on Giddy. Um I think he has a long way to go in, in certain parts of his game, but his passing is very translatable. So Seeing how they're going to bring him along is something I'm definitely watching. And the last guy I just want to throw out is Josh Primo, you know, not that I have anything structurally wrong with him, but I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him because he was seen as such a reach. So I, I want to see what he does in summer league in terms of, you know, how he can produce kind of in the face of a lot of the scrutiny that's going to come behind San Antonio and taking him so early.
0: Yeah. I think both Giddy and Primo were kind of just – you know really surprising picks at where they were picked and um you know giddy his his um prospective rankings were kind of you know a little bit all over the place and same with Kuminga. you know coming in a really interesting spot because the warriors are obviously competing like they're trying to win a title and i was nearly certain that they were trading their picks seven and fourteen um so when they didn't, I I was, I was you know kind of taken aback, and then I kind of looked at, at at their picks, and I'm saying, okay, you know these they they probably got two dudes who are, um, you know kind of okay to come in and and start contributing right now. You know, Kaminga was uh, Jalen Green's teammate on the Ignite, and he's a really you know uh, well put together scorer. Um, it remains to be seen, you know, what other kind of tools he can add but he's got kind of like a rudy gay type of game um and i think he's he's definitely got a chance to uh to impress in in golden state and and you know um who did they take 14th moody moody yeah yeah and moody's ready to come in right now and start playing right so that's the warriors kind of hedge themselves uh hedge their bets with with taking guys who can kind of come in and give them something right now but also you know um, guys who are young and, and um, obviously on rookie deals. And maybe maybe they could capitalize on that later down the line if, if you know, they start getting to a point where um, they think they do have a real shot at, at, a, at a, a championship this season, this upcoming season. Um, maybe those are some guys that you can capitalize on and, and move for, you know, something larger. Um, but, you know, that's certainly certainly remains to be seen. Like I said, I'm very surprised that they wound up keeping both of their picks. Um, Giddy, I think is a, he's a really fun um, prospect. And I think that he's got like some, some big bust potential, but at the same time, he's got like, you know, a really well-developed passing game. Um, And he clearly, you know, is a guy that you can run offense through. I think, scoring for himself is something he really needs to work on. And, and his defense is certainly not um, stellar. So there's, there's kind of like a, a bit of a project there for, for Oklahoma city uh, at the sixth spot. That's certainly going to be somebody that I think rockets fans are going to be watching a lot, considering the way that the draft lottery kind of shook out. And that was just about the worst possible uh, scenario for the thunder so I think if that if that pick winds up not working out for them, that's definitely somewhere you're gonna see Rockets fans kind of uh, sticking it to to Thunder fans. Uh, Don, any closing mar- remarks before we head out of here?
1: No, I mean I think we touched on a lot of great things in this pod. I'm, I'm excited for people to listen to it and, and give us some reaction. Kind of like you said, you know, tweet at me, tweet at me your thoughts, and, and let me know if you disagree with me. Let me know if you do agree with me. let me that let me know that as well but you know i had a great time being here I, i really enjoyed this um but yeah other than that you know follow me at don knock on twitter and on green room and catch you guys later
0: all right and that's gonna do it for this episode of the launchpad podcast presented to you by apollo media like i said before please make sure you subscribe on itunes or spotify wherever you get your podcasts Uh, Follow the official Apollo account at Apollo HOU. We've got blogs, merch, video, podcasts, all kinds of uh, original Houston sports content you're not going to find anywhere else. We're doing some really awesome things. Check out the blog at ApolloHOU.com and we will see you later.